We're on verdict watch in the Jesse Smollett case, and we're getting closer in the Elizabeth Holmes and Galeen Maxwell trials, too. We've got the latest on all of them. Plus, a new poll has a big warning sign for Democrats ahead of the midterms. And apologies across Europe from Boris Johnson in the midst of another scandal to Finland's partying prime minister. Thursday need to know. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for December 9th. December 9th. I can't even believe it. I'm Carlo Versano here with Baker Machado. Baker, you know, I was uh, I was one of those people lecturing everybody about doing their Christmas shopping early this year because of yes. all the supply chain uh, yes. rigmarole. And I have not taken any of my own uh, advice. I have not done anything. <laughs> you haven't bought a single thing yet? Well, this is interesting, Carla, because today, interestingly, on this Wednesday, of course, good morning to you. Uh, National Thursday. Cr- Thursday. Oh, what is today? Yeah, Thursday. Thank you. This is why every day is jumbling together. Uh, National Christmas Card Day, uh, which is interesting because I have sort of this ambivalent feeling towards Christmas cards. I either really enjoy getting them or I think they're so incredibly lame at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. I always like a good Christmas card. We're going to do one this year. Uh, we n- I've never done one before, but now right. we've got uh, Fran- we got to show Franny off, so we're, uh, we are we got to do that. Another thing i got to do, I have to get all of the addresses of everybody I know yes. uh, and somehow collate them and, you know, do uh, it's a whole production. So, so if anybody I've has been- an idea of how to do that. I've been getting a lot of texts from my friends, you know, asking, you know, making sure my address is still the same. And it's funny because we don't do holiday cards at at our house, but we get them, especially for my dad. And it's funny because my parents end up using what happens with me and my husband's life in their holiday card. And it tends to be more than what's happening (laughs) in their own lives back home. Uh, But either way, still exciting nonetheless. But I'm, I'm fascinated the fact that you have not purchased any of your holiday gifts yet because it seems like we're running out of days before Christmas. Is here. Yeah, we are. Maybe I just won't do anything this year. No, just do a nice. holiday card. That's all you a need pro- to do. A protest against consumerism. <laughs> okay. Well, Carla, we have a lot to get to on this Thursday. Thank you for reminding me. And we have to start first with all of these high-profile trials. And let's start with the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Uh, her defense has now rested their case following her seventh day on the witness stand. Her defense relied almost entirely on her own often contradictory testimony that she never took any steps to mislead investors about what was going on behind the scenes at her blood testing company, Theranos. Now, closing arguments scheduled for next week. The jury could get the case as soon as next Friday, which is kind of incredible to think of how fast now this this case, which was supposed to go on for months on end, likely is going to be wrapped up here. And if anything, a lot of uh, analysts I've seen so far have indicated that her attorneys must feel pretty confident with how she did on the stand, given the fact that they're not going to be calling anybody else after her. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'll i be curious to see. I think that trial could really go either way. Meanwhile, in Chicago, I don't think this is going to go anyway, but uh, badly for Justice Smollett. The jury in that case is going to start its first full day of deliberations today. Uh, the prosecution told jurors in their closing arguments that there was, quote, overwhelming evidence to show that Smollett lied to Chicago police about being the victim of that hate crime, uh, and also that the actor lied to the jury about details that were easily disproved by surveillance video. He seems dead to rights in this, but I guess you know, you never know till the fat lady sings, right? True, good point. And meanwhile, right here in New York, there's another big one happening right here. Prosecutors in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, they say they could rest their case by tomorrow. Also incredible how fast this has gone. That is weeks earlier than expected. That amid a growing sense from reporters in the courtroom 
the government fumbling the sex trafficking case against the former associate of Jeffrey Epstein. Several reporters have written that they're surprised by how unprepared the prosecution seems to be in this case, with victims who seemed unprepared for cross-examination and a lack of testimony from Jeffrey Epstein's innermost circle. I mean, I think just my interpretation from all of this, from the days and, and reading the logs of what's happened in the trial, the fact that prosecutors called a pilot as the first witness yeah. against her, didn't even call any of the, uh, the, the people who are alleging and, uh, the abuse against Jeffrey Epstein and, and, and Ghislaine Maxwell as the first person, maybe sort of indicated where this trial was gonna be going from the get-go because even the pilot didn't really have a lot of information that they gave on the stand that first day. That was one of the big mistakes. That pilot essentially acted as a um, uh, as a witness for the defense. He was like, right. I, I never saw her do anything wrong. Um, this is the case that I'm, I'm most fascinated by just because I'm, I continue to be fascinated by the entire Epstein saga. Gabriel Sherman uh, in Vanity Fair, he's, he, he's written as much, basically. Vicki Ward has also been saying the same thing on her Substack. I I think that Ghislaine Maxwell could could easily walk, uh, and that would be just an incredible embarrassment uh, to the government and the federal prosecutors in this case. Um, so I I mean I think that she's acquitted. I think Smollett and Holmes more like I think Smollett definitely convicted, and I think Holmes is a toss up, but I think that she'll be at least convicted on uh, on some of those wire fraud charges. I mean if Ghislaine Maxwell does walk, I mean my goodness, given the the allegations, what seemed to be a potential slam dunk case against her would be cataclysmic in many ways, especially for those uh, accusers against her and Jeffrey Epstein. And in many ways, this was sort of the trial since Jeffrey Epstein wasn't held in a trial. Uh, you know, he, you know, committed suicide in his jail cell. Um, that this was the trial to basically put all of those accusers finally basically yep. able to, to make their case against Jeffrey Epstein against her. And the sad thing, and Jeffrey, and uh, you mentioned Gabe Sherman's reporting has been really good in Vanity Fair on this. He's upset because some of the testimony from these accusers have been harrowing and, and so emotional, yet prosecutors have not asked good follow-up questions, any of that stuff against her. And also what's interesting, contrary to all these other trials that are happening where you're seeing the defendants testify on their own behalf. Ghislaine Maxwell may not even have to testify on her own behalf in this one. Well, the other thing with the Ghislaine Maxwell is, you know, this is a sex trafficking case. So, like, Correct. they have to, it's, it's very specific. You know, they have to show, it, it comes down to, like, you know, airline tickets and credit card, uh, you know, receipts. Basically has to show that she, you know, made these underage girls come across state lines uh, for for abuse at his behest. It's, it's like a specific thing. And I think what they're trying to do is try to make her kind of like the avatar for Epstein since they can't actually um, you, yeah, you know, try exa him. Exactly. Given allegedly dead. Uh, and I think that's that, that's the mistake that they're that they're making okay. here. So you think you think Ghislaine Maxwell going to be acquitted here. You think Jesse Smollett's going to be convicted. What do you think about Elizabeth Holmes? Because this is Elizabeth Holmes is a different case because one, this is a federal case. She just has to flip one of the jurors, just one. This yeah. her case is much more difficult for prosecutors because they have to basically show she intentionally went out of her way to mislead investors yeah. uh, for her blood testing company. Theranos, I think that is a harder case to basically get her uh, convicted on that one. Yeah, like I said, I think that I think that's a coin toss. I really think that she could could walk. I wouldn't be surprised if she walks, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if she is convicted on those fraud charges. And one last thing, we shall I'll say. See.
And one last thing I'll say on this, uh, from Rittenhouse to the McMichaels to, uh, to Jussie Smollett to Elizabeth Holmes, I think we've now entered in a new phase with jury trials, especially if there's cameras in the courtroom, where now we might see these defendants take the stand on their own behalf just because yeah. it has worked so well for so many of them. Uh, meanwhile, let's switch gears and let's talk about Omicron. Pfizer, big news yesterday, uh, Carlo, says preliminary lab tests suggest that a booster of their vaccine provides significant protection against the Omicron variant, which appears to be able to evade some of the protection offered by two doses of the vaccine. They did, uh, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, did say, look, even if you just had the two normal doses of the vaccine, it still looks like it protects against severe hospitalization yep. and even death here. But if you're able to get the booster shot, that third dose, it basically offers the protection that you would have had against the Delta variant earlier on. But Pfizer also saying they should have some sort of tweaks to the vaccine that would protect against Omicron potentially by March of next year. New uh, federal data just out shows that 200 million Americans have now been fully vaccinated, which is uh, amazing, really. 60 percent. That's mean, not it, bad. Yeah, I, it should, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it's amazing. It should be higher. No. But just, I mean, just just think a little bit in like a year ago. It was a year ago this week that the first uh, vaccine doses were being given. It's, yes. it's it's remarkable. I mean, it is remarkable how far we've come since this time last year. Um, that said, only 50 million people have been boosted. So that's sort of the uh, the fear now. And Pfizer CEO also telling CNBC yesterday that a fourth shot could be necessary sooner rather than later, depending on how uh, things play out with Omicron. But again, that's, you know, we sort of expected this. What That's what this is going to be. It's going to be like the flu. You got to get a booster. You got to get a shot every year to protect yourself. Uh, and that's not the end of the world. And hopefully, you know, the, the end game here is you get one shot and it's sort of like this mRNA vaccine that protects you against all these different respiratory viruses, which would be an amazing outcome. Well, yeah, potentially the, the goal eventually would be it's it, it, there's a combination of your flu vaccine with your COVID vaccines. That way, every year when you go in to get yeah. your flu vaccine, it also sort of has protection against whatever new variant is out there at the time. OK, I really quickly want to go back to this 60 percent number again, the 200 million getting vaccinated. Yes. It is good in the sense that we have a high level of people who have been vaccinated. We're averaging about 1.7 of inoculations per day. But when you look at other countries, you have Portugal, a lot of other countries in Europe have almost 80 to 90 percent of, yeah. their, of their populations vaccinated. And that's because in a lot of those countries, uh, the vaccine hasn't become a hot political topic as a result yeah. of this. So this also just goes to show, you know, when you make vaccines, a political wedge you mean when you look at polls yeah, there, this is what happens, there, right. there are still millions of americans here that will not get that vaccine no matter what you tell them about it um and and, and look that's unfortunate uh, you know when you're trying to combat the pandemic right. as a result uh and speaking of politics here let's talk about this big warning sign for democrats coming in this new wall street journal national poll according to the journal survey released this week hispanic voters now evenly split between the two parties uh, Democrats basically had Hispanic voters for many, many decades. If the midterms were held today, 37% of Hispanic voters would support the Democratic candidate and 37% would vote for the Republican. And in a, hypothet a hypothetical 2024 rematch between President, uh, former President Trump and President Biden, 44% of voters would back Joe Biden. 43% would vote for Trump, so basically all within the margin of error. Uh, we should note uh, Joe Biden did win Hispanic voters by 30 points last year, but 
President Trump did exceedingly well with Hispanic voters, much better than your traditional uh, traditional Republican uh, candidate tends to do. Yeah, I mean, my jaw dropped when I actually saw this uh, this story alarming. in the in, in the journal journal yesterday. Well, I mean, here's a one, here's one free idea for Democrats: uh, stop referring to Hispanics or Latinos as Latinx, whatever that <laughs> okay. is. Okay. That, uh, a, a term so offensive that the exact people it's meant to virtue signal toward uh, find it it's so repulsive that they actually keep mentioning it in polls, telling pollsters, "Stop referring to us as this. We don't even call ourselves Latinx." Um, I, you know. Uh, I've said it before, right? Democrats whistling past the graveyard with some of this woke stuff. Um, and if they're not careful, it's going to cost them not just next year, but in the next couple election cycles, I think. Uh, it's just it's classic Democrat brain at work, right? You start talking like they're Ivy League kids and they're activists and they're donors talk. And it's all in this attempt to play to the base. But they don't understand that the base, you know, the people who actually deliver them elections when they accidentally find themselves winning, people like Latinos and black voters, don't actually speak this way and they see it as being phony and are repelled by it so much so that they actually start voting for the Republicans somebody like Donald Trump who called them literally I know rapists yeah. pretty and criminal. things yeah good point and especially even the immigration policies that the, the former president championed with the wall and everything um, and I don't want to say any particular minority group is monolithic because you know you that's have another thing right you, you have different people with different perspectives religious backgrounds all that sort of stuff but you have to remember Democrats have had the Latino vote basically in their back pocket for yeah. many, many, many presidential elections. And when you see, especially in South Florida, which traditionally is a very Democratic area, both of the congressional seats there flipped to Republicans in 2020. Um, you will have certain areas on the southern border of Texas, um, you know, that have traditionally always been Democratic strongholds uh, going to Republicans. Uh, so while Democrats have made incredible inroads in the suburbs and big inroads with, with uh, white, highly educated voters, they're offsetting a lot of those losses uh, with minority and even yeah. black voters, too. Donald Trump did incredibly well with black voters tr compared to other traditional Republicans. And even look at Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin did well with black female voters in the Virginia yeah. gubernatorials race. Uh, this is an area that Democrats have always basically won on. So, yes, a lot of big issues here for Democrats heading into the midterms next year. All right, let's move on and talk about the mortgage lender, Better.com. They are in the midst of a nightmare PR crisis of their own making, with several executives now resigning from the company. That after the CEO made headlines for unceremoniously laying off 900 employees over Zoom. The uh, virus, <laughs> it's just crazy to think about I this. I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's No, just but I mean, yes, nobody wants to be laid off, but nobody yeah. wants to be laid off over Zoom. Uh, Vishal Garg, who uh, accused those terminated workers of, quote, stealing from the company by being unproductive, has now apologized for the way he handled the mass firing. He says he, quote, blundered the execution and embarrassed his remaining employees as a result of this. I mean, what a nightmare scenario for Better.com here. You know, one, nobody wants to be laid off, but as, as, as I mentioned, doing it over Zoom and then also accusing your employees of stealing yeah. from the company because of the amount of days that they were working from home is just kind of an awful situation here. Well, right before the holidays, too. That's really the yes. cherry on top, yes. right? Have a, have a Merry Christmas. You're laid off. Uh, yeah, that company, by the way, is backed by Star by uh, SoftBank, one of the latest yes. in their uh, line of of, of 
you know, startups that have sort of collapsed in on themselves here. And they've just lost three of their uh, comms execs, uh, all three of their top communications people have quit in uh, protest of how this went down. Amazing. It's, it, it's just it's just amazing how some uh, companies, they can just step in it without <laughs> just all, uh, right? It's like so unnecessary. If well, you, if you also, have to make these layoffs for some sort of business purpose, right? If you have to cut 9% of your staff, uh, there's ways to do that without right. just completely treating them like, you know, cattle. It's right. just gross. Well, and on top of that, and, and I, you, most, most executives are incredibly intelligent people, and you, know, most of these companies are so risk adverse. They market research and and look through HR to make sure that they're not going to get sued or any of this stuff. But a lot of these things you feel like could get resolved if you just asked like three people, "Hey, is it okay? Do you think it's a good idea if we yeah. lay off all these people over Zoom?" And maybe one person would be like, "Yeah, maybe, around the holidays." Maybe one person would be like, "Yeah, maybe not the best idea." And then you would basically couch right. that idea. It's just sometimes I feel like a lot of these things are just not thoroughly processed and thought out. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, let's move international news. Carlo, I know a couple stories you are really fascinated by, fresh <laughs> off the scandal about drug use in the halls of parliament. I mean, that story is just wild. Uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson now facing another more politically disastrous controversy, this surrounding the government's actions during the COVID lockdowns last year. They're calling this party gate as it's known across the pond and it broke when the daily mirror reported that boris johnson allowed an office christmas party to take place at 10 downing street last year that was when britain was in the grip of its second lockdown with the delta variant itv then published a leak video showing johnson staff joking about holding that holiday party and that now led to the resignation of his press secretary uh, carla this comes on the heels of that wild story we talked about just the other day uh, where they found tons of traces of cocaine in the halls yep. of the parliament bathrooms. The, the thing that I like about these stories is it's a good reminder for all of us here in the United States, as, as politically dysfunctional as we are. Yes, the there's Brits other countries are always, just weird. Well, uh, particularly the Brits. The Brits are usually as bad or worse uh, than <laughs> us. It's not just, you know... And Johnson, uh, for for what it's worth, he has apologized for that video leaking, saying he's doing an internal investigation of his own about this party. They seem to be denying this party, even though I there know, appears to be evidence happened. Uh, there are legitimate calls for the Metropolitan Police to now get involved and for Boris Johnson to resign over this. I don't think he will. He's sort no, of uh, no, no, no. Too, too Trumpian for that. Um, but, you know, this the, the reason why I think that this is a, a significant story, even if it's uh, happening in the UK and you don't live there or care about them, it, you know, there's this complaint out there, right, that, that um, people have lost faith in institutions. And that's one of the reasons why our collective response to the pandemic has just been so bad. Nobody that's trusts anybody point. anymore. Nobody trusts our leadership anymore. But can you blame them when you see stuff like this? I mean, it's like when Gavin Newsom I was gonna made, say the same you know, thing. locked down California and then had his, his little party at French Laundry. It's like, you know, you see your leaders living by completely different rules than the ones that you have to. What are you supposed to feel after that? How could you not feel enraged? I mean, even the Queen of England, the freaking queen of england had to bury poor prince philip she had to bury her husband alone last year this year rather because of the covid protocols in that country while boris johnson and these idiots attend downing are like out gallivanting like no wonder everybody is so fed up with this and no wonder there's protests in the street about new lockdowns britain by the way putting in new restrictions today over the omicron variant 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really I, I see why people are are just fed up everywhere. And look, there was an interview a few weeks ago from with Dr. Fauci, and he had said that he he always is so worried when he's not wearing a mask because he's worried that he's always going to be photographed. And then anything he says yeah. about wearing masks, getting the vaccine, going to be taken out of context because people will say, oh, he went out and did this and he wasn't wearing a mask. But really? you're totally right. I think that has led to sort of the hot polar, uh, polarization about this topic, but also why some people don't take this as, as seriously because they see, rightfully yeah, so, right. elected officials not taking it seriously, but also telling us to do the exact opposite of what they're doing at the same time. And by the way, there's... And and I think there's a, there's a difference. Like you know, there's there's plenty of the gotcha stuff usually coming from the uh, you know conservative right, uh, media. Right. Where it's like, oh look, here's Dr. Fauci like walking outside without a mask. Like right. whatever, that's stupid. Like that's dumb. But there is a real sense of you know rules for thee and not for me when it comes to things like Gavin Newsom or uh, right. you know Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done at that salon in San Francisco during the lockdowns or the mayor of San Francisco who was you know out partying inside in a, when they um, you know when when inside gatherings were banned. That's the kind of stuff that people look at. And regardless of what your politics are, how could you look at that and not just be like, oh, you know what, screw yeah. this. Yeah, good yeah. point. Meanwhile, uh, th uh, in the world of international COVID news, I mean, this story also just as wild. Finland's 36-year-old prime minister, which, by the way, also crazy to think that I'm older now yeah. than a prime minister of another <laughs> country, uh, has now apologized for going clubbing after her foreign minister tested positive for COVID. Santa Marine was out uh, on the town in Helsinki until about 4 o'clock in the morning last weekend without her work phone and missed a text advising her to isolate after the exposure. Marine says she was told she didn't have to quarantine since she was vaccinated, but she did apologize for not staying at home as she awaited a negative test here. Uh, not too many, uh, maybe Eric Adams maybe here soon because he goes out in the nightlife, uh, but not too many elected officials going out partying until 4 a.m., Carlo. Well, I think this, I, I, I don't put this in the same category as Boris Johnson and Gavin Newsom and London Breed. Uh, first of all, Finland has a very high vaccination rate. Yes, they do. Seen some of the, the lowest. Yeah, some of the lowest COVID numbers in Europe. So she's going to be just fine. And like, you know, you do you, sister, right? I mean, first of all, the bigger question in this story is what the hell is a 36-year-old doing staying out at 4 in the morning? <laughs> you I'm and exhausted. I are coming just into the office at that, that time. I mean, no no one over 30 should be at the club oh, when the yeah. lights on at 4 a.m., uh, I Listen, think. what's the saying? And I, I, I did this in my 20s. Uh, you know, nothing good ever happens really after <laughs> yeah. midnight, but really after 1 o'clock in the morning. And look, I yeah. have not seen, you know, I, I've seen 4 o'clock in the morning every day coming to the work, but I have not seen 4 o'clock in the morning going home and going to bed and forever. Having said all that, have you ever been to Helsinki, by the way? My, I have no, not. I'd like, like to. My husband has, and it is easy to stay up late in Helsinki just because, like, the sun. There's no daylight. There's no yeah. daylight whatsoever. So you're always confused about what time of the day it is because right. it's basically sunlight all the time. My sister-in-law lives in Helsinki, and wow. uh, we're, I hopefully hopefully we get to go visit her soon because it does, uh, despite the the sunlight and the fact that it's like negative twenty there right now. Right. Um, I've ne I've never been to any of those Scandinavian countries, and, and, and I would really like to visit. The people apparently incredibly nice, really, really, really nice. Yeah. Finally, a quick update on the sales numbers uh, for one of the biggest albums of the year. We're talking about Adele's Thirty, now the first album in more than a year to move a million copies of album sales in the U.S. The last artist to do that, Taylor Swift with Folklore, though it's worth noting that the measure of traditional album sales doesn't include streaming plays. We're talking digital downloads, CDs, vinyls, all of that stuff. 
But just to give you context in terms of how much of a streaming music culture we are now, in terms of how difficult it is to sell a million copies, only three albums, Carlo, released in 2019 even sold a million copies. We're talking mm. Billie Eilish, Harry Styles was another one. Uh, and in 2018, just one album sold uh, a million copies, and that was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's soundtrack uh, to A Star Is Born. So the fact that um, Adele has done it so quickly is incredibly impressive here. It's interesting, right? Because this album is clearly no doubt a hit. It looks like it's going to be the biggest album of the year. But, but it's pretty clearly not the inescapable cultural phenomena that some of Adele's past records have been. Um, I mean, you don't really hear people. Uh, I haven't really heard these songs being played on the radio that much or in stores. No. I haven't really heard people talking about this record. She currently, I, I checked on this this morning. She has one single in the current top 50 on Spotify. Yep. Um, she, and if you look at iTunes, she has actually been replaced at number one on iTunes by a 17-year-old unknown singer from Nashville named Gail. Uh, who has a song called A B C D E F U, uh, which is extremely <laughs> popular amongst uh, the youth. But I think that's just a great example. You know, fame is fleeting, right? Nothing lasts forever, not even Adele. And you know, as much as as, as great as she is, and as as much as a cultural behemoth uh, that she is. Perhaps she has peaked. I think maybe that's the bottom line here. Well, we'll find out. I, look. In terms of PR, she's not getting as much publicity as Taylor Swift's, you know, Red album that mm. she re-recorded because we were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal for weeks on end and whether or not he had listened to that 10-minute song that was about him. Um, but Adele did announce that she's doing a purely Vegas residency here because most of the money that these artists make is from touring, where they're doing oh, international yeah. touring. Adele basically deciding, I'm just going to do two months in Vegas. I'm not doing a, a national or international yeah. tour. I want you to come to me, which in many ways, smart in a COVID era, and in many ways also com comfortable and nice for her because she just gets to basically stay in Vegas at the same uh, casino and, and, and uh, theater that Celine Dion played right. at forever. And look, Adele will be totally fine, right? She's a millionaire. She's got this is this album is a hit, but I think it just shows you there's a difference between things that are popular and things that are culturally yes. potent. Look at Netflix. Netflix is a great example of that, right? They talk about that movie Red Notice being oh, yeah. like the most watched movie that they've watched ever had. I, I, I watched it. It's horrible. But even putting that aside, <laughs> you don't hear anybody talking about it. No. Nobody's out there being like, hey, man, have you seen Red Notice? What a, what a movie. It's just there's so much there's so much entertainment and culture yes. that just it's just grist for the mill. It doesn't actually True. make any impact. I find it very fascinating. Anyway, we're going over. So quick more to know before we go. Baker. Yeah, the UK, Australia and Canada, Carlo, have joined President Biden's diplomatic boycott of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Prime Ministers Boris Johnson, Morrison and Justin Trudeau each announcing individual that the, uh, individually that they're not going to send any official delegations to Beijing, but their country's athletes will still compete at the end of the day. Did you see China's foreign minister was asked, um, what do you think about the uh, Australian boycott? And he replied, nobody cares if they come out. I, <laughs> I did not funny. see that. Wow. Pretty funny. <laughs> um, poor Australia. Anyway, uh, the Senate has voted to overturn President Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Two Democrats, Manchin and uh, who's the other one? Tester, I believe, uh, voted with all of the Republicans, though the move is largely symbolic. The House not expected to take this up. And even if they did, the White House has said Biden will veto it. 
Yeah, don't forget Tester and uh, Joe Manchin up for re-election in 2024 mm -hmm. in states President Trump carried by yep. over 20 points. Uh, meanwhile, Mark Meadows suing the January 6th committee and Nancy Pelosi. That after he no-showed a scheduled uh, deposition yesterday, Trump's former chief of staff suing to block enforcement of a subpoena that uh, was issued to him. The January 6th committee uh, signaled it plans to hold Meadows in contempt for failing to cooperate in that investigation. This is another example of just like the, the why, why would you believe in institutions? Imagine if you were given a, a issued a congressional subpoena and you were just like, nah, mm -hmm. eh, I'm okay. Yeah. And like nothing happened. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. The whole thing is completely ridiculous. Rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah. Uh, and finally, before I get worked up here, since we're going on 30 <laughs> minutes, uh, a big concert <laughs> event in Los yes, Angeles tonight. Huge. Kanye West and Drake are headlining a benefit show for Larry Hoover. He's a former gang leader who's currently serving six life sentences at the ADX Supermax prison in Colorado. Uh, there's been a push to get Hoover's sentence reduced. He's become something of a folk hero for a lot of people, uh, also because he was heavily featured on Kanye's recent album, Donda. That show, if you want to watch it, and I suspect it'll be good, it's going to be streaming on Amazon Prime tonight. It's also going to be in IMAX theaters as well, and also Drake and Kanye uh, squashed their beef a few weeks ago, yeah. each posting on each other's uh, Instagram feeds that they were hanging out to, but no but no word as to what was basically the thing that helped them squash the beef. Maybe it was uh, doing this concert. Perhaps there. it was this. Okay, sorry for going off the rails today, team. Uh, that's what you need to know for Thursday, December 9th, and we'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow.